Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and a happy casual Friday. I'm Holly Fry. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. So this week we talked about Croesus. Yep. Oh, Croesus, bless your heart. The one thing that I mentioned in the episode that I was kind of saving for this was the discussion of Croesus's son, who had a very mild disability, uh-huh. which also has kind of a happy ending. Uh, we talk about how in the writings of Herodotus, Croesus basically says, like, this kid doesn't even exist to me. He was just mute. There was nothing wrong with him. Uh, he just didn't speak. And it came up in one of his many consultations with the Oracle of Delphi that the day your mute son speaks will be a day of, uh, like, I, I don't know the exact quote, will be like a day of misery for you, essentially. And basically, the story goes that as a Persian soldier was rushing at Croesus as that invasion of Sardis was going on, that the son, whose name I never found, kind of runs towards this Persian soldier and says, no, no, you must not kill Croesus. And that's the first thing he ever says. But then he speaks completely normally for the rest of his life, which is just an interesting and weird thing. It's never like contextualized as like what happens to that kid after Croesus's death um, or his leaving to go to the land of giants or his becoming part of the court of Cyrus II. Uh, it's just an interesting thing that this this character I'm I'm kind of using air quotes since so much of this is fictionalized and not verifiable, becomes sort of this strange prop where their disability gets used as like part of the Oracle story. Yeah. Which is just interesting. And I just wanted to point it out, should anybody go looking for this, like obviously, um I I don't think we need to say like different times. It was clearly different times and things like disabilities were looked at very differently, but also like it becomes a weird thing when you use it and say like, no, no, but they will also be a harbinger and then their life will seem fine, but there's a lot of mess there. I feel like it's almost a precursor of ways of tropes about disability that still exists today. Oh, 100%. Um, Like the tropes about uh, disabilities, like people... Disabled people having, like, some other superpower is, like, just a right. fictional, a trope that's used in fiction a lot. Um, and, the like, also the attitudes about disability in general. It's, like, the an overlap of things that still persist in culture and in the world today, but yeah. also in, like, a slightly different tone at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make entirely clear, right, we talk about, things all the time, not just you and I, but culturally, it is often discussed, all of these tropes and, like, the damaging nature of some of these ideas. And it's a lot to undo and to fight against. And just know for anyone who feels frustrated trying to, like, move the discussion forward in a positive way that that we are fighting things that have been going on since the BCE times. Like, we're... Mm-hmm. It's a, <laughs> It is a long process, and I'm glad for the progress that has been made. There is still a lot more to go, but, like, know that that this is deeply ingrained, and that is why the, it is so hard to make progress sometimes. Right. Anyway, that was my little didactic moment. I, I definitely love the idea of um, the kingdom of Lydia getting rich off of King Midas washing his hands. Yeah, that's pretty fun. <laughs> Um, I, I like all the beats of all of the, uh, the Oracle stories. Yeah. Because they 
they also are so similar to things that you will read in like Greek tragedies and and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, and like that's the thing where I'll just be like, did it? Did it? This mm-hmm. seems like a a a thing in the story that's there to learn a lesson more yeah. so, which is uh, additionally funny to me because so much of the way we talk about history in a less obvious way of the a lot of times is also about reinforcing a lesson. Yeah. Like like the the way especially uh like nations look back on their own history and teach their own history like a lot of it is about reinforcing ideas in a didactic way even if it's not quite as obvious as, <laughs> as like and then Croesus had done the thing that the oracle said but he didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it is there's definitely right like there are narrative conventions at play that have clearly been driving the bus in terms of how some of these histories and you got to use the air quotes at that point are written um because you just picture you know Herodotus writing and being like yeah but you know what make this really cool <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a rain cloud sent by Zeus this is amazing you guys <laughs> Anyway, that is Croesus. It's interesting. I like I like looking at some of these really, really uh, ancient history pieces because you see how they start to fit together. Like I said, we had covered the Achaemenid Empire and this dovetails on that. But also, as Tracy said, it makes it wildly apparent that even the histories we know have roots in reality. We We still don't know so much about them. Yeah. I mean, there is still a lot of archaeological interest in Lydia and finding more evidence of Croesus and his palace and his lifetime. Uh, and hopefully one day we'll get like a mother load, but one never knows. Right. But it does sort of evidence how hard you still have to work to kind of get to the bottom of the matter, especially when we're talking about the 6th century BCE. Uh, one of our episodes this week was on the Women's War in uh, colonial Nigeria in 1929, uh, which, as I said in that episode, was something I just found a passing reference to while researching another show and immediately put it on the list. It reminds me a, a tiny bit uh, of the the War of the Golden Stool that we talked about in a really old episode um, because it was similarly uh, an uprising against British Uh, colonization and colonialism. But the other thing that I didn't get into in this episode at all um, is that back in the 1970s, a woman named Judith Van Allen wrote an article called Sitting on a Man, Colonialism and the Lost Political Institutions of Igbo Women. And it was originally published in the Canadian Journal of African Studies. Um, And this has become a really foundational paper Um, about specifically Igbo women uh, in this aspect of African history um, to the point that the Journal of West African History in 2017 had this whole issue that was like a retrospective on that one paper. And I read so many of the papers from that issue uh, one of them was by the original author who was kind of talking about her uh, her process of writing this this paper and how when she originally wrote it, she was angry about so many social issues that were happening at that moment. Uh, and then another was a really fascinating one by um, a professor in 
an African history program talking about how a lot of her students who were, like, taking their first African history class, a lot of them were, like, very well-meaning white students who were pursuing this education with the intent of, like, then going to Africa where they would, like, help. And the original Sitting on a Man paper being something that, like, completely shifted their viewpoint from being, like, it is the responsibility of uh, white Americans and Europeans to help the people of Africa Uh, to, like, recognizing that in a lot of ways, colonialism was not helping the people of Africa or the women of Africa. And, like, uh, the whole paper was about this, like, this one paper becoming a light switch moment for uh, generations of students that followed. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's how much impact to have uh, in this one paper. Yeah, it's interesting, right? We are still breaking down the ideas that colonialism entrenched in the white Western world, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are still so many stories of fiction even, but also, again, well-meaning but not uh, well-informed instances of, like, white savior syndrome. Mm. And it's like, this all goes back to that, you guys. Like, we have been told for literally centuries at this point that we know better than other people, which is... Just mind your business. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's... <laughs> is, the very, is the very blunt and not necessarily informed way to put it either. But, like, it's so presumptive. And it's hard yeah. to get over. Like, we have all fallen into that trap. Absolutely. And it's hard to get over. So I'm not even saying that as a judgy thing. It's like a reminder to myself as well. Like, no, you have one lens and that's great. But, like, that doesn't mean you're perceiving everything as it is in reality. Yeah, like, number one, like, I would say that that both of us on this podcast have definitely had times that we have, like, inadvertently fallen into that trap and that it's, like, a lifelong learning process to undo a lot of those thought patterns and that we will always be working on it. Another thing is that it was really important to me in this episode uh, to get sources that did not feel like they were just parroting the colonial view. And so, like, if... Uh, If the book that I was reading, you know, that its authors were American or or not not from anywhere in Africa, like it was super important to me to then go read reviews of that book by uh, African and preferably Nigerian people to be like, okay, how does this book hold up? Is this is this what I should be spending my time on? Um, It was like an extra layer of diligence with this. So hopefully I got to the right space with it. Um, I also just kind of love the practice of sitting on a man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some of the songs by British standards were very racy, which of course like made the whole British response to it even more like, "Ah!" and like baffled horror at what was happening. Such pearl clutching. Yeah, a lot of it. Uh, so thank you once again for joining us here on Stuff You Missed in History Class for our Casual Friday. Uh, if you would like to write to us, you can do that at historypodcast at iheartradio.com. You can find us on social media as Missed in History, and you can subscribe to the show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.